0: Christmas, chapter 10, Father, Son, Son, Johnson. Again, it's called Christmas, chapter 10. With Christmas, you could tell it was coming. You could feel it in a briskier north wind, which seemed to blow away all the earlier stuffiness. Yeah. Start over. With Christmas, you could tell it was coming. You could, you could feel it in a briskier north wind. Which seem to blow away early years toughness. What early years toughness was around? I feel tired. I feel down. I feel what I keep going. Yeah, still down. Yeah, yeah, different thing. Didn't get much sleep. Fudge, just depressing. Anyway, (laughs) Chapter Ten. Thornton Johnson trying to finish this book. You could feel it in other ways too—not only physical, but spiritually. You feel, you felt gear, purer, kinder. But most of all, you could see it in flowers, some of which appeared only then, and in painted houses and yards dressed up with whitewashed garden stones, and in the shops which sparkled with the season's trappings. You could see it in in our river bottom shop, in many colored balloons and in hands hanging around them, in cheese, in little girls and boys coming, they were buying icing, sugar and vanilla and rose water for their mothers. Christmas baking, in boys bringing some parcels of ginger going away sparkly high, counting their windfall. In so many things, in people buying gifts, and what a Christmas we are. Christmas Eve for the shoppers and the day would be for us. Many people were still buying from us in secrecy because they were afraid of Jake's wrath. But some were doing so openly, some half and half, meaning they weighed the transaction carefully and bought from either Jake's, Euphorium, or from us, wherever they could score an advantage. But we were doing a thriving business, a firecracking Christmas business. Respect is a big thing. Father had been reduced and he was operating from a diminished status, but he was respected. at last. how much is this, Mr. Johnson? Merry Christmas, Mr. Johnson. God bless you, Mr. Johnson. My head swam. Little boys exploded, their firecrackers, hollering Christmas, and nobody minded the noise. The acrid burnt powder floated in through the open window and tickled our nostrils, but there was not a soul who minded. The cap guns going pop, pop, pop. Balloons were bought recklessly blown up and burst on the spot. Nobody cared. It did not deter the happiness. They just sputtered in wholesome white-teeth glee. Chatter, laughter, harmonica music, such a happy night. Everybody was playing a guitar and coming down the road. Somebody was playing a guitar and coming down the road. Our busy finger had picked things off the shelf or unhooked arms which dangled from the ceiling and wires. Money changed hands, changed clinking. We had made denery our cashier. Don't believe the countrymen were coarse. Some of them were the prettiest angels. Country. Don't don't believe the country women were coarse. Some of them were the prettiest angels. Pretty well, not that maybe big-eyed and full mounted Some of them, but beautiful. Because if you were, if you take features that were above or below normal, they can work both ways, making the body ugly or beautiful. Some of those women were beautiful. Take uh, me, I still mention no names but I saw some of the beauts of the village there in our shop that night wash brushed and organd buying from us buying and smiling and giving father the eye they checked off their items as they bought and giggled most of the time they were pleased with their our wares and happy for us I can't remember having heard so many happy Christmas before in one small place I was amazed at how much I had missed in my early life having lived so far from these earthly people. Now, there's something that I said earlier that I forgot over, which is something about um, features. If you have too much of a feature or a feature that is above or below normal, they can work in both ways. Damn true. That's something I noticed. That is one of the reasons why a very beautiful person to a lot of people might find themselves growing up thinking that they are ugly ducklings because they have this one feature that is above or less than the stand, the normal and you find that you think it's ugly but that might be the feature that sets you apart and become your beauty flagship the thing that is of, is most prominent I remember growing up and thinking I had um, frog eyes my my beautiful me ugly but this girl is Pretty pretty girl that me grew up that grew up in you know, a community. Everybody like her. She she used to have a crush on me. And i always wonder, and then she would say things like, "She love my eyes." And to me, my eyes am um, shaggy racoony. <laughs> you understand me? I love my eyes. I love every part of my. I love every every blemish and every 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 below standard. Feature my father God gave me. I mean, I remember growing up with all some ratted space teeth. My teeth, them this space. A guy used to say, Look, my, feet, my mouth looked like Hurricane Gilbert. Hurricane passed through it. As I remember a guy said that to me. Chicken, never forget it. Chicken said it. And that space teeth. Yeah, it was tough. I was conscious of it. I mean, you could fit teeth in between my teeth you would have think that I have lost teeth the way the teeth, the more space both below and above and <coughs> that's how I grew up I come to Canada and to fix them when someone said I should I suggested it as an adult, but for most of my life that's how I grew up and I embraced it I loved my space teeth my gappy it, gap it mouth and it wasn't the most attractive and they were conscious of it and you could see that people was distracted by it. But it was me, you know, it was my my thing. So, you know, I, I went I go on and on like with this one thing. But I just want to say, I guess, embrace the thing about you that is more or less than the normal. It's your special thing, that friend. You know, so embrace your specialness, you're good. God bless you. Alright, moving on. Blah, 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 blah. They smiled at Father. They were happy for him. He had licked the feet, and that was something which people of all creeds respect. If you lie down and die, then people will be so happy to walk all over you or kick you. But once you stand up and heave, they will give you a horror. They will give you not only a horror, but a helping hand as well. I had a feeling they were evil overbuying from us. A ragtag life, a ragtag five rumba box and guitar band had formed inside our yard, giving a mini impromptu concert of folk songs. The music stirred me up pretty badly when they began to play a Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. It, it ran the Christmas spirit right deep down into me. So much of it that made me ejaculate. Father, you have done it. Interesting word, choice of words uh, I will write this book again with the guy's name C.F.L. Palmer uh, you get brave with this That's so that turned that made me ejaculate father had done it No, I remember No, I can't imagine that first time I said the word ejaculate in class I can't, imme- I can't imagine how funny we found that <laughs> Where's son? We son, he said, not me alone, and when he said it, he looked at Mrs. Elcher, he was going to marry I knew he was going to marry her, whoever was there and saw how he looked at her and heard him too, knew it was only a matter of time that he would do it, it was about midnight and the last of the people drifted away, he had made a mint of money, father counted it carefully and salted it away in a strong box in which he hid under the floorboards of my bedroom. The first time I'd seen him do it, and I, I had questioned him, I said, uh, Rami, a man should try to outthink the others. If thief breaks in here looking for the money, he knows who may think he look. why, yours. But it won't be there, it will be here, and he'll never think so. I marveled at his logic. Yet, he went on. It's not wise to baffle him completely. Leave things a little to pick him, blah, 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 blah. few bills around in his room. He, how could a man like my father have been? do for so long when he was so smart jolted he and i last began to use he at last began to use his um, intelligence we locked the place up without having planned to go anywhere but nobody wanted to sleep so father suggested why don't we go to the village all of us mrs Ilchak, Swinland. i said father looked at me and smiled she could yes betty he said could you, couldn't you use a bit of jake hibbertson here don't play, don't say that, son, son, she said rebukingly. You don't own a permanent thing around here. <laughs> Alright. Alright, keep going. I was happy to hear that. No, no permanent thing, eh? She was dead right on. We went. The night was dark, but the rising moon was slivering the skyline. Fireflies tunnelled around the darkness. The air was brisk, Donna Rae pulled her sweater closer around her. A coming. she was she and I walk abreast behind father and her mother. Similarity from the village floated down to us. Father was uh, taking it taken in a lively fashion to Miss Hilcher. Do you think they're going to marry? I asked Rae, who? You know very well who. Well, she said, how? I don't know. I guess so. Yes, I think they will. Just like any girl hemming and iron, I think so too. Would you? Would you what? Marry? Your dad? No, silly. Girls, girls. I changed the subject. No, silly. Girls, girls, girls. I changed the subject. There were people still in the square, but the music must have the considerable cause of later one. The air smelled strongly and spent firecracker powder. I've spent firecracker powder. Father put a pound note in my hand and said to Donna Ray at the same time, Miss, as a rule, I ain't giving money, raw money, that is, to a lady. So I'll give it to Rami. Rami, he said, look at me, looking at me. Why don't you go buy your girl something? Then Donna's eye nearly popped out from her head. She blushed as a great hundred-volt blush but smiled. She blushed a great hundred-volt blush but smiled, glancing at me and just as quickly shifted her eyes somewhere else. Father and Mrs. Ilcha laughed and I saw her touch her ribs with my elbow, touch her ribs with her elbow. I saw her touch her ribs with her elbow. Father had said, my God, she had said it, my girl Donna. Oh uh, boy, too many more pages to go and they want, they're waiting for me to go for a walk, so I'm going to pause here, so... Okay, continuing with more um, so I was trying to edit and add. Um this today the end that's the last, but that's not something So this is gonna be something Jan so Christmas chapter uh, part two. Alright, uh, without my glasses. <laughs> Putting his hand and without the speaker, without the headset. So we're gonna have a lot of background nice. Putting his, Put his hand on Mrs. Alcher's arm um, and tugging it. He said, Come Betty, we worked hard tonight. I'll buy your night but They went off into the cold, nice, and I felt as though I was an old smoky, whatever that is. Let me put on my reading glasses. Now I'll be in a better boat. I mean, the reading is gonna be in a better yeah. uh, glasses. Can I help somebody can't, uh. Anyway, what the text and look bigger. Well, he had said that I should treat my girl to something special, so I went about treating. I wanted to buy her cons- every conceivable edible and drinkable thing, but she didn't want much. What was a soda pop? And a striped candy and a box of popcorn. So I spent a bit lavishly on a box of chocolates and some large balloons, although she was grown beyond the balloon age. And while she st- stood speaking with Jenny Evers, I sneaked off and bought a whole battery of uh, firecrackers and a box of matches. We were still in the square when a jaguar when the jaguar car pulled up. Jake got out quite nimbly. For every good reason my heart began to pound. He walked on hurriedly into the upper room greeting the people, shaking hands with them. Though in the gaslit, gaslight you could see that with all this Merry Christmas in his face as tight as that of a drum. The man's mouth knew how to laugh but his eyes or any other part of his the man's mouth knew how to laugh but not his eyes or any other part of his face for that matter I sneaked behind him not making myself too conspicuous and when I saw that he meant to enter the bar I looked in from the roadside door when he saw father he stopped dead in his track then he smiled or so it seemed and he said well if it isn't Merton uh, yes sir yes Jake Merton The bar fell silent. Drinks were forgotten midway between tables and mouths. Long time no simmering, he said, holding out his hand. Father took it. Merry Christmas, Jake. Having a drink with us? He looked at Mrs. Hilda, hesitated. She took the hint, saying, as she rose to her feet, I'll be outside, son, son, thanks for the drink. She made a bow to Jake and stepped out only once. Without taking his eyes from Jake, father reached out and held her by the arm and pulled her back. I invited you, he said in an almost gravelly voice, and Mr. Hibbertson hasn't dismissed you. Have you known, Jake? Jake smiled nervously, then shifted his feet and looked at the others in the bar. Ah, no, no, he said. Why? Why? No. Then grab a chair, father said. He did. He was uneasy, but the rest of the bar was the opposite. They began to remember that they had drinks in their hands. Father had played it right. Satisfied, I ran back and joined Danari. What happened? She asked anxiously. Happened? I said, Nothing. Why, Danari? I'm surprised at you. I thought, Well, nothing happened. On our way back, Donnery and I packed some of our firecrackers in, mo- in the most hearty of Christmas fashion. And we had the entire river bottom to ourselves, too. Christmas Day was even better. It was for us. Early well, in the morning, before it was quite, quite day, I rode Marbles to Robin Hill with our presents, mine, and father, Father's. For Ma had bought a lovely pair of slippers for Arlene a box, comb, and dress set, For she had begun to notice her beauty and for Brad a battery-powered toy loves a car. To my knowledge, nothing could possibly please him more than a good Thai car screaming around the floor. Father sent Al in a sweater and brother shirt and tie. The morning was simply bewitching. Uh, with this. Blattered stars twinkling their last, and the hair crisp and fresh and tingly. A light wind swept through the trees, rustling the leaves and making the former gigantic maracas. Firecrackers burst sporadically in the village and I could hear youthful voice punctuating the burst with Christmas. The houses were lit. Nobody ever had slept or if they had, they were up again. You're talking. You felt life surging at you from everywhere and you got a dose of humanity in its finest form. As if tired of an entire year of hate and greed. Everybody was resting now, abiding in peace and even in love. I knew then that Christmas is amistice for, day for humanity. Christmas is armistice amistice Armistice day for armistice day for humanity. The skyline was clearing. I was at Robin Hill. Oh it's you rami, Ma said when she opened the door. she was dressed in a gown in of rich material. I went in just this once. It was Christmas, wasn't it? She hugged and kissed me on the cheek and pushed me back and looked me in the eyes and she was smiling so nicely. All mother, all love. Merry Christmas, Rami, she said. I hugged her again and we suffocated. Merry Christmas, ma. Merry Christmas. I'm so happy that you you have come. We're nightgown and pajamas respectively. Arlene and Brad joined us in the living room. I kissed her and hugged Brad, and our exchange of the Christmas spirit was proper and copious. Pauline and Brad would have ripped their presents open there and then, but Ma said, Oh, 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 under the tree with them. Oh, oh, under the tree with them. They had a tree in the corner of the living room, and its the side was literally the most splendid array of Christmas packages I've ever seen. Jake had splurged. Unlike ours, they were be the rebond, a pretty Christmas sight. For an instant, I was embarrassed by our inferior wrapping, but I bounced back quickly. What was in our wrapping? Ali and Brad reluctantly added their presents to the litter. when ma, will we? When will we open them? Brad fused. Any time now, son. Any time now would be as soon as Brad was a bit happier. I was looking at the other de- decorations in their house, the string of Christmas cards. They had sent us one and we one to them. When Jake wearing a gown over his slippers walked into the room, he was looking tipsy. Merry Christmas young man, he said. We shook hands. Merry Christmas sir, I said. I wasn't afraid of him. I wasn't shy. I was up to his ears in height, yet I didn't look him in the eye. It was dawning outside. It it was that early that I started out, but having known the customs of our home, I had come early. The punch ready, Debbie, Jake said to Ma. Some punch, young man, he said to me. I looked at Ma. Of course, she said. We went into the dining room, and there was a big bowl of it, the rich, foamy egg punch. Any Christmas morning, without it, was about shot. Any Christmas morning without it was about shot. The glasses were already arranged in high places, and Big Jake, Big Daddy Jake filled them up and we took them as he did. Merry Christmas, everybody he said, and we all tilted back our heads and drank in steadily deep draughts. Every one of us was left moustached. Ma said, Don't leave without your presents. Mind. What do you mean, Rami Johnson? She said, why that? Of course yours. Of course yours. Why don't you just stay here and have Christmas breakfast with us? We'd love it. Eh, Harlene? Brad? She looked at her. hey Jake? Sure, he said. Why don't you stay, young man? Young man, young man. Didn't he know my blinking name? Yet their breakfast was floating in a powerful wave. Then bacon or ham and eggs, cinnamon-scented chocolate. Will you, Ma said again. No, I said, I have to go back to my house. Oh, Ma said that name. Jake poured a second helping off pouch and punch and we drank that too. Then with his glass in his hands, he humbled off somewhere. Ma was big. I asked. Ma was big. Ma was big. I asked. Where are you going to have your baby? And When are you going to have your baby? Anytime now, Rami. Arlene and Brad had wandered off into the living room, no doubt to admire the glorious spread of presents. Ma looked around before she said, Who is your father? All right, Ma. Very okay. So I've been hearing, she murmured. I wonder. I wonder did she still like him a little? I better be going, Ma, I said. God bless you, Rami. Good luck with the baby. God bless you, son, she said as she squeezed my arm. Her eyes were moist, and there was a tremor in her voice. She walked away. Don't forget the present, she said. I took them all, all three of them. The sun was coming up and glinting in the dewy grass in a thousand places. The entire countryside looked so peaceful and amiable. A silky water fog hung in the river bottom, and it seemed to it would take quite a bit of sun to remove it. A few firecrackers shattered the silence, but it was nothing to disturb the larger piece that had nothing to do with sound whatsoever. It was Christmas morning. It was Christmas morning. Father had the punch ready. Gratty rich, it was silky sweet, dripping deep, I drank again. Having had two glasses at rubbing it, it was a wonder my belly muscles didn't snap. We decided that family came first, so we opened what came from Robin Hill and what father and I had given each other. Arlene gave him a box of handkerchief with his initials embroidered on it. While well, from Bradley, he received a striped necktie, which had an expensive touch to it. Father forced over them and right the source. From Arlene, I received a heavy studded belt, just the thing to go with my jeans. Ideal. Brad gave me a pocket knife with two blades, a cock skew, and a bottle opener. It was just the thing I needed. My presents was the largest box and was the hardest to unwrap. Two, I exclaimed as soon as I got into the innards, for there was a smaller package inside the first. First I opened a larger one, a pair of shoes, tan coloured slip-ons, very light indeed, but well done. I tried them on. They slipped on easily. I walked in them, they were as comfortable comfortable as slippers. The next present, and what a surprise. I wasn't even it wasn't even for me. It was for father, an ivory handled razor. All that the sticker said was from all of us. What does she mean from all of us? Father fumed, getting up. Not from Jake, sir. She doesn't mean that. Then who? From her father and Arlene and Brad, but mostly from her. Her, he said, incredulous yet believing. Don't be ridiculous, from me. From her, it says from all of us. Can't you see that's what was the that was the only way she could have said it. Hide something to give me as if I'm a beggar, father. I said. Can't you see she couldn't have just let Jake know for peace sake he wasn't listening to me it means she still still loves your father love me love me he spread the words as if his purpose was to alienate them love me I nodded well I am you her," he said sitting down again although it took all the presents she had got from me he continued to stare at Eraser. She wants me to split my throat, doesn't she? He said, finally. I was almost exasperated, but I laughed at his folly. No father. You should you should have seen her. She was so happy to see me. She's even asked about you. What? Oh. How are you getting on? That's all. I'm fine. Did you tell her that? Of course I told her that. Yeah. Yet, with all his snapping and belligerence, I knew he was deeply moved. Above the crackling of Christmas paper, he said, Has she had her baby yet? No, sir, but it will be soon. He amazed me. I didn't even know that he would be capable of asking that. It must have taken strength for him to have asked that. When he finally unwrapped my present, to him he broke out of... Win and iron over the pyjamas which I had given him. Like it. It's just perfectly, he said, happily patting me on the shoulder. His present to me was a rich watch. Oh boy. 18 jewels and such a smooth ticker. Max knew Max knew he was being left out as something of great importance. So he barked a couple times and I remembered. I put his present around his neck, a collar which I had bought him. Maybe he would grow fond of it, but it—but just then he was trying very hard to dislodge it with his front paws. Then we opened the hillchairs presents to us. At noon, we were to have Christmas dinner at their house, Betty had insisted. Men are not to force a Christmas cooking. It isn't right, unless you didn't mind eating at our home. Who minded? Not me, not father either. We would be there just in time. I couldn't wait. I, it was a, it was a long time between them and the moved the noon. So I sauntered over, to the palace. I had to see Merry Christmas and then the water dinner. sized said that had been cut up and cooked in the best of the HS tradition. And there was good salad with it. For the adults, a bottle of wine for Donary, and for me, a good old sour drink, a blood red. A blood red business which was poured atop at by a carbonate of soda to make it rush to the rim of the glass with a head of foam that fitted like crazy. Man, that was dining. I'll clear the other three speakers in the hill. On the hill, Betty, father was saying, The yams turned out so well, I feel like planting all Jamaican yam. The yams turned out so well, I feel like planting all Jamaican yams land, 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 he declared dramatically. Give me land. I have land, son, son. He looked up at her. What did he say? I have land. 17 acres. But, but he was spreading his land. I can't, I can't, I haven't got that kind of money. It's not enough money. Land's not for sale either, son, son. It's done a age when I die. John, last will and testament. What do you mean, it? What's its use letting it lie there, wasting away like that? Smart man, I thought. Yes, what was the use? My God, father said, getting up and walking over to the window and looking at the land of which she spoke, crinkling his eyes against the sun. He turned swiftly. You mean that? You mean that, Betty? Of course I do, she said, of course I'm sorry. He came over, he did it slowly. He took her hands in his, he lifted her chin, her face was close, but he did not kiss her. I was so sorry that Donnery and I were present. Father might have kissed her. But he was looking for his destination lay in the village. Jack Gregson and I have been talking, he said. He's meaning to sell me his land up there on the road. If I wanted the part. Yes, he said Mrs. Ilcher, almost rapturously. Anna. It would put me side by side with Jake. Not a frontage but deep. The roadside for the store, the mound for our house. Would it be something, Betty? Betty knew, but she didn't say anything. A smile often says the same words. Same thing that a word can say. Sometimes even were better. Between then and New Year's Day, we had some visitors, Tarling and Brad. They stayed for more than half a day, and Father and I hosted them grandly. I let them into the secret of living so close to the bush. And I bet that they. And I bet that when they, they, when they were amazed that they discovered that there was so much country fun to be had right here in the village, they had lunch with us. But their visit wasn't unusual; it was their right and duty to, to be there, Their blood obligation. The visitor was surprised Father, to me, was Reverend Ledbetter. It was his first visit to the River Bottom since we got there. Anyway, he was a wiry man him and his face was lined heavily with the crosses of father's spiritual bad- badness of father's spiritual badness he smelled of whiskey during christmas he never he never had it better going from one of his parishioners to the other eating the best and drinking too greetings greetings he said the lord be with you season's greetings father said shaking his hand i said it too i gave him a cheer and he sat down he said he was happy at the news of father that After the blow, he had not fallen into a drunken dissipation, as most weaker men surely would have. He said the Lord was with Father. Father thanked him dryly. Then quite abruptly, the Reverend Ledbetter said, I shall be expecting you back into the fall soon, Brother Johnson. It was, as, it was a good thing he wasn't looking just then, for Father gave him such a look. After all, he had not come for Father when Father was down. He had come only when he was in his ascendary ascendancy again. Father said, "Reverend Ledbetter, you can go to." He said it all of it, but I won't repeat it. For he father said, "Reverend Ledbetter, you can go to." He said all of it, but I won't repeat it. For though I felt the same as father did. I didn't quite agree that one should send a person to the very place he spent so many Sunday hours exerting others not to end up in the devil's hometown. When he heard that f- what father said, he jumped to his feet. Brother John's man surprised at you. Father repeated it, and he was even cooler this time. The reverend Ledbetter shook his head gravely and put on his deep legs ground at. For the love of God, he said as he was leaving. He didn't say it to Father, he just said it. He didn't look back. But Father was right to have rebuffed him. When he was on his feet, in his good old days, a Fabinode Spender, Reverend better came and went as if we were one of the family. He ate there frequently and he drank scotch with as though it was water. And he was such an amiable drinker. And let me add, a tough one. In those days, Father contributed heavily to the church. Not in members' envelope at service, not but in fat donations for such projects as a peer work and expansion. In those days, we saw the good Reverend often, but not since the fall. He hadn't tried to offer any counseling when Ma's marriage to Father was breaking up. He said, dryly, it's the Lord's will. The Lord give it and the Lord take it away. The Reverend Ledbetter would not return to River Bottom. We knew that. And the final chapter, thank you Father.